Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Jerry Bites. My name is Davis. I'm an educator with over 10 years of experience. And I'm Orion, the founder of Stellar GRE. And we're back to bring you your weekly bite-sized episode on GRE prep and grad school admissions. Please check out our top-rated GRE self-study program at stellargre.com and use the code Bytes for 10% off all memberships. All right, so a brief previous episode, we had a um, an email come in asking for a question. We have another um, listener question that we'd love to attend to in a similar vein, but with a, with some differences. All right, let's get into it. So Nick says, hi, Ryan. I hope this email finds you well. I wanted to express my appreciation for valuable insights and information I've gained from Jerry Bites. I'm planning to take the GRE test. I've started preparing, been listening to your weekly podcasts at Spotify. Jerry seems to be like climbing Mount Everest for me, especially having an arts background. You can relate to this, Orion. My basics of math is very weak. I'm spending most of the time brushing up concepts first, working on the knowledge part. I feel I'm very slow for the test, plus I'm making a lot of silly calculation errors. The other drawback I face is remembering so many rules, concepts, properties, etc. That'll be interesting to get into also. Strategies for how to organize those rules. So he says... Nick says, I've got a few questions. Is it possible for a student like myself to get a target score of 320, which would be a 160 on each, or such, or are such scores only achievable by students who have advanced math skills? If it is possible, what should be the general approach for a student like me? Thanks in advance. All right, Ryan, there's a few points in there. Let's pick, pick up wherever you want and we'll get through it. Sure. Well, thanks for reaching out, Nick. Yeah, I can sympathize with where you're coming from. But keep in mind that I also have an arts background, which is what uh, Davis was alluding to. I have a bachelor's degree in fine arts, in drama. I never thought I would go back to grad school, let alone in psychology. I took one intro to psych class and got a B minus in it. Uh, So I never, ever in my life thought I would ever go back to school. My GPA left some things to be desired. And I didn't focus on or specialize in math of any kind. I, I worked really hard for my B's in high school math and science classes. Now, that's not necessarily a liability. Sometimes art students can be more creative and cognitively flexible than folks who are a bit more um, rule-determined and uh, algorithmic like you might often find with those who study math or hard sciences. Uh, And it's certainly necessary to answer certain questions creatively on the GRE. So just like we said in the previous episode, is it possible for someone like you to get a 320? Absolutely. Like uh, 160 on each section is well within the abilities of the vast majority of students. You may have to work on it. It may take a few months, but absolutely you can do it. And you can do it because you might be able to approach the material with this open mind of a willingness to try things out. Like you don't know if it's going to work until you try it. So like make the good faith effort and you you might actually improve very significantly, very quickly. Thank you, Ryan, for that feedback on, uh, n- you know, not needing a specific technical or hard science background in order to do well in the GRE. And that coming from an arts uh, background can have its advantages, as you said. I know for me, opening that up for the writing section, having a, you know, being allowed to creatively tackle the writing section was important. Now for the math section, I know, I noticed Nick says, you know, um, 
some of the troubles he's having with remembering rules, concepts, properties, etc. Do you have any quick feedback you can give in this episode here on how to organize that? Sure. I mean, you you don't need to know very much about math. Like everything that you need to get a perfect score on the quant section, you probably learned in seventh, eighth, and ninth grades. And you can actually probably write all of those formula, the essential formula on the front and back of a regular size sheet of paper. I highly encourage that you do that. That's called your cheat sheet. I've made some episodes on that in the past. The act of consolidating all of that essential information into a centralized location facilitates the encoding of that memory. Then you can take that cheat sheet with you wherever you go. Look at it five to 10 minutes every single day. You don't have to go crazy, but you do have to do it consistently because it's that repetition that ingrains those formula and uh, concepts into your long-term memory. You don't have to know much, but what you do know is absolutely essential to your success. And you'll know that you have it when you have instantaneous recall of the relevant material. If you're not there yet, keep grinding, come up with mnemonics. Sometimes you just got to know things by rote. You don't have to understand why the Pythagorean theorem makes sense. You have to know that it's a squared plus b squared equals c squared, and that c is the hypotenuse. That's it. Like no one's going to ask you to prove why that's true. You just need to know what it is, how to use it, and when it's applicable. Boom. Next. So uh, I have some sympathy for you there, but really we're talking about maybe 50 mathematical concepts max. And, you know, how bad do you want it? It's like find a way to get that in your head. Consolidate it, look at it every day, and keep grinding until you get it. You can do it. Thanks, Orion. And I think uh, to point out here that having gone through the Stellar Jerry process myself, you know, it, Sometimes it can feel overwhelming to say, okay, you got 50 mathematical concepts and now I just need to memorize them all. But the beauty of, you know, Nick, you ask for what's a general approach for a student like me. Um, having a systematic approach that walks you through with opportunities for practice and repetition and that learn, you know, you learn when to apply, how to recognize what type of question is what, what material you need, what, you know, uh, mathematical formula are applicable in this instance and not practiced over time uh, in an organized fashion can really help take away that stress of being like there's so much and it's overwhelming. Um, so in terms of a general approach, Orion, just to kind of close us up here, how would you sum up the Stellar GRE's general approach? Well, by, by reviewing what Nick talked about, what Nick's talking about is a problem that really all students have to have. What does he say? He spends most of the time brushing up on the concepts, working on the knowledge. Then he says, I feel very slow. Then he says, plus I'm making a lot of silly calculations errors. Okay, that's true for everybody. So there's three steps to GRE mastery. First, you have to answer the question right. You can't do that without the knowledge. So if you're not there yet, don't worry about the other things yet. Why worry about the third step? You're not, on the, you're not past the first one yet. So the first step is getting the question right. And for that, you want to focus on consolidating the relevant knowledge. The second thing is you need to get that question right in 90 seconds or less. So then you, once you're answering most of the questions correctly, you add that extra difficulty. That means that you have to use the sexy strategies and techniques that we talk about in Stellar. That means you have to start to push yourself to move more and more quickly. It means you have to start trusting yourself that all things being equal, you can do it, etc. But even that's not enough. Once you get the question right in 90 seconds or less, you then have to do them 100 in a row. Well, actually with the new test, maybe like 50 in a row, right? 
So that's still difficult. And then you have to bring in the carelessness strategies that has to do with your error log and the fail safes, which we'll talk about in future episodes as well. So tackle one problem at a time and you tackle them in that order, getting the question right, which is knowledge, getting the question right 90 seconds or less, which has to do with pacing and technique, and then getting the question right 90 seconds or less, 50 in a row, which has to do with mindful attention and the mitigation of carelessness. Thanks, Orion. And everybody out there listening, you can check out other episodes on accuracy versus efficiency to learn more about what Orion was talking about here at the end. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week for another bite-sized episode of GRE Bytes. If you have a topic you'd like to discuss on a future episode, please let us know at stellargre at gmail.com. Thank you, Nick, for sending us your request. And if you're ready to take your prep to the next level, check out our top-rated GRE self-study program at stellargre.com and use the code BITES for 10% off all memberships. Thank you, everybody.